Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Welcome to this episode of The True, The Good, and The Beautiful. Just that intro alone should pique your interest and make every ear perk up because truth, goodness, and beauty are the desire of man everywhere of all time. Think about it. No matter what it is, we have always sought after, strived for, striven for, strived for, whatever, or chosen what we thought was true, good, or beautiful for our whole lives. Now, does that mean that we ultimately choose what is true, good, or beautiful? No, no, no. But we think that we do, or at least we make our choices with the truth, goodness, or beauty as our end goal, right? Like that perm that I got my senior year of high school. Not a good look, but my intention was for me to have some sort of beautiful result. Get my drift here, right? So here's something wild. The true, good, and beautiful are God. They're not characteristics of God, and they're not personality traits of God. They are God himself. So God doesn't have these things. He is these things. He is truth, he is goodness, and he is beauty. So if you've ever heard the expression that everyone has a God-shaped hole in them, just waiting to be filled, so that expression just took on a whole new richer meaning with this understanding that God is truth, goodness, and beauty. So because every man desires the true, the good, and the beautiful, that also includes someone who doesn't believe in God. Um, They're still desiring these things, the truth, the good, and the beautiful. And really, in essence, they are desiring God. They just don't know it yet. And the great news here is that we encounter truth, goodness, and beauty everywhere in everything, at least to some degree. So think about this. All of existence comes from God, who is truth, goodness, and beauty. Therefore, all that he creates images him, the creator. So how does this work out? Truth, goodness, and beauty are what Catholic tradition refers to as the transcendentals. Now, you might be familiar with this word transcendentals, and you might be aware that it's a philosophical term. But if you haven't noticed yet, Christianity has been utilizing philosophy to explain the truths of the faith since the beginning. Why? Because philosophy has categories that are precise and they're expansive. And well, it's just a well-oiled machine. And so why would we try to reinvent the wheel? You know what I'm saying? All right. So the transcendentals, they exist apart from the material universe. And therefore, they're not subject to its limitations, such as space or time. They're rooted in being itself. Does that sound familiar? That sounds a lot like God to me, right? God himself is pure being. His essence is existence. Now, we are not going to unpack that right now because really that type of thing just doesn't get my blood pumping in the morning. It's actually part of the philosophical study of ontology, which is more known on the streets as the study of being, right? Because everybody on the street is walking around talking about the study of being, right? Anyways, so yeah, so that's just not my thing. Sorry, not sorry. So here's what I've been musing over lately. People 
dismiss the transcendentals. Now, I don't know if that's because it is philosophical, but what I do know is that the transcendentals are practical aids for developing and strengthening our relationship with God. And I love this because we know as Catholics that we encounter God in prayer, in the scriptures, in the sacraments, in the liturgy. You know, those are obvious things to us. But what about when we're not participating in these things, like in our everyday mundane activities? Our minds and our hearts can still be drawn up to God in our everyday activities when we encounter the transcendentals. Now, all those things that might have seemed mundane before, they've actually been enlivened from this perspective, right? So how do we know that we're witnessing or encountering or that we're even partaking in something that is true, good, or beautiful, right? You think that we would all know this instinctively, which I think part of us does, but in today's culture, people are making their own definitions for everything. So why don't we look at these three transcendentals based off of a Catholic understanding, like a Catholic definition? When it comes to truth, you'd think that that was like a no-brainer, right? But hello, relativism, it's a thing, a really big thing right now. So Aquinas says that truth is when our mind is conformed to reality, not what we perceive to be real and not the angle from which we want to look at something, right? But what actually is in existence, that is real and that is the truth, right? So even if a truth hurts us, or it's bad news, we still want to know it, right? So say, God forbid, you're at a hospital and a loved one is being treated and the doctor comes out to talk to you. You're not going to say, oh, I don't want to hear what you have to say because it could be bad. I mean, heaven forbid that were the case. You are going to want to know the truth, right? Now, when it comes to goodness, goodness is understood as the perfection of being, So what does that mean? So a thing is only as good as it fulfills its nature and its purpose. So we have to know what a thing's purpose is, what its nature is, or what its form is in order to actually be able to evaluate whether or not it's good or not. So here's an example. Ladies, you're going to know what I'm talking about. And men, just pay attention. You'll learn something. And you might impress one of your lady friends. So a straight iron, right, a hair straightener. That's intended to straighten your hair, but it can also be used to curl your hair. Curling your hair is not the purpose of the straight iron. So say I had a straight iron that straightened my hair really well, but it didn't give me that curl that I wanted. It would be ridiculous for me to say, this hair straightener is bad. It's not good. Why? Because that's not the purpose of the hair straightener. The purpose is to straighten my hair, which it does really well. All right, so moving on to beauty. Now, I've been thinking about beauty for a few years now, and many will say that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know, that it's subjective, but it can't be because if it's a transcendental, it's real, it's subjective, right? So beauty instinctively appeals to us. Now, regarding beauty, Aquinas says it requires three conditions. So something has to have integrity or perfection, um, due proportion or harmony, and lastly, it has to have a brightness or a clarity. So when it comes to beauty, 
It is not limited to the things of this world, which sometimes we tend to think that way. You know, we only think of beauty as something that we can see or hear or so on, right? But we should never forget that beauty also includes the spiritual. So basically, beauty involves picking up on, being aware of, or attracted to the wholeness of something, its excellence, its proportion, harmony, or its radiance, right? And this applies to things that are material, you know, in this world that we can see, hear, and so on, and also in the spiritual. I mean, just go ahead and read any of the mystics or like the doctors of the church, men and women alike, and you'll see that they are constantly talking about beauty from a spiritual perspective. Like Catherine of Siena, she goes to length to explain the beauty of the soul when it's in a state of grace. Or St. Augustine talks about the beauty of God. And even St. Francis de Sales, like he like talks about beauty when it comes to the love of God, right? So if beauty is intrinsically appealing to us, then Blaise Pascal, who was a Catholic theologian, mathematician, author, and I don't even know what else. He just dabbled in so many different things. He was right on the money when he wrote his essay that was called The Art of Persuasion. In this essay, he said that every man is almost always led to believe, not through proof, but through that which is attractive. And we hear this a lot, right? Like how an atheist or an agnostic or even someone who just kind of stopped practicing the faith, how they were led to investigate theism or to investigate maybe coming back to being a participating member of the church because of some striking, some breathtaking beauty that they beheld in nature or in the arts. Like beauty intrigues me in this context because it seems to captivate people most above the other transcendentals of truth or goodness. So since here at Clumsy Theosis, we're all about being transformed by God and we want to have these life-altering relationships with the creator of the universe, you know, that kind of relationship where we finish each other's sentences and we're just kind of like this. I mean, okay, so when I said like this, I'm standing here crossing my fingers as though like you guys can see what I'm doing, but you get you get my drift, right? Like when you cross your fingers, it's like you're, you're tight, you're as thick as thieves, right? <laughs> Anyways, um... Yeah, since that's our aim in life, I suggest that we learn to look for the true, the good, and the beautiful in all things that we do and are surrounded by. And this will benefit us by requiring us to be present and engaged in our mind, our body, and our soul in all that we do in life. I need to do this more, for sure. And it will also help us to be attentive to God. And I love this. It will inadvertently make us thankful because we will be more aware of the Lord's providence in our lives, like how he is fulfilling that God-shaped hole in our hearts with truth, goodness, and beauty in everything that we're encountering and doing. All right, so these have been my recent musings on the transcendentals, and I hope they were beneficial to you. Now, moving forward, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis. I'd love to hear from you. You can private message me there, topics or questions that you have. You can even get my email address from there just by clicking on the word email. All right, you guys get the message, right? Also, what's more important is that you subscribe to Clumsy Theosis. If you haven't done it yet, do it. Do it now. We're available where all good podcasts are found. And tell your friends so that we can all transform the world by transforming ourselves. All right, everybody. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. 
Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. 